covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us as we have another week's worth of, I guess, Brewers-related conversation this week. Brewers and Timber Rattlers is our featured guest is going to be the radio broadcast voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, Chris Mary, and our conversation with him coming up in just a few moments. As always, housekeeping items here at the top of the program. If you want to get in contact with me, best way to do so is via Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Also, uh, if you listen to the podcast via Apple Podcast, would encourage you to subscribe, to uh, review, and rank if possible. And uh, we are continuing our trend here recently of extended conversations with people who I think are interesting and who you would like to hear as uh, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers radio broadcast voice Chris Marion is going to join me in uh, just a few moments. And uh, I'll explain more about uh, what we've got coming up with Chris here in just a few moments. As has been the case here at the top of the podcast for the last month or so, this is when we get into the rumors, the speculation, the different ideas that are being thrown out on what a return to the baseball season could potentially look like. And this past week, we really saw two different things happen. Uh, the first thing was the plan of going into geographic divisions, three divisions, an east, a west, and a central, getting rid of the American League and the National League for this year, starting out where all those teams are placed into one of three geographic hubs. Reportedly, uh, the Phoenix area would have been one of them. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth would have been another one. And then the St. Petersburg area of uh, Florida, St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay, that area would be another one. And you would start your seasons in those hub cities and Eventually, at some point, you would potentially start playing some games in your home ballparks, presumably without fans, and then there would be an expanded playoff after that with teams being taken from uh, the three separate divisions, and that's how they would realign baseball for this year. To me, that seems like a a pretty good idea. Like of all the ideas that have been out there, that one certainly makes some sense. You're in these hub cities. Eventually, you get to play some games in your home ballpark. If by the time we get into September, if all of a sudden it is safe out there for people to congregate, maybe uh, not as many people as you would normally have, but you can start having some fans in the stands, that would be a good thing. Uh, as the week has gone along, it seems like even that idea has kind of gone to the wayside. So I am recording this at 7 51 p.m. on Sunday evening, and this changes on a minute-by-minute basis, seemingly, but the most recent report out there, and this is coming from the Tampa Bay Times, that Major League Baseball is kind of moving away from the plans that we've previously talked about. The Phoenix plan, where all teams would be in Phoenix, the spring training facility plans, where you would have teams that train in Florida play games in Florida, and teams that train in Arizona play games in Arizona, and then the one that I just talked about, having the hub cities, the three hub cities, and the geographic regions, and starting in hub cities, and maybe eventually being able to play games at home ballparks beyond that. All that seems to be going away, and what is now being reported is Major League Baseball's preferred plan is to play as many games in each of the team's home big league ballpark as possible. 
where the season would start at some point probably in June at the absolute latest early July and you would pick up the season and the schedule wherever it's at when you get started. So you would take the pre-existing schedule and run with that. You would add in some double headers. You would get rid of some off days to get rid of some extra days. There'd be no all-star break, so there'd be some tweaking to the schedule. But basically, you would take the schedule that was already there, go forward with the schedule that way with some tweaks, maybe add some games at the end of the uh, scheduled regular season as well and go from there. They'd like to get maybe 80 regular season games in. So essentially you would be playing a half season, but all games would be played in the home ballpark. So for the Brewers, they would play all of their games at Miller Park, hoping eventually to be able to start letting fans in as the season goes along and maybe you can add more and more fans as each and every day goes by. So that's that's the latest thing. Again, it's changed every week, right? Like You can go listen to the opening portion of my podcast every single week over the course of the last month or so, and you can hear something different. All I can do is tell you what the news is at the, uh, at, at the moment. That's what it is, according to the Tampa Bay Times. That's what Major League Baseball wants to do. There are aspects of that that make sense. There are aspects of that that don't make sense, though. I think, look, I, I have a hard time believing that in states like New York, in states like California, that they're going to allow baseball to be played, even in empty stadiums. That's where I have an issue with that one. So maybe if you're one of those teams, do you get stuck on the road for the entire time? Or, or do you do you use a spring training facility? Like, I don't know. I, I just don't know what the answer to that would be. So that plan, there is the there's the presumption that every team would be legally allowed to use their home ballparks and that's a for me that's a tough sell I just I don't know if that's going to be possible or are the Mets and the Yankees going to be able to play baseball even in an empty uh, Yankee stadium even in an empty city field are they going to be able to play baseball at some point in in June or July I don't I I don't. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see as many games as possible played in ballparks. Uh, I understand that's Major League Baseball's preferred plan. That's the one reason that I kind of like the idea of the hub cities of going to these three geographic divisions that was talked about earlier in the week, and you can start the seasons uh, with one group in Florida, one group in Arizona, and one group in Texas, and then as it becomes possible to go into some home ballparks, you can start having some games in some of those ballparks, and for the other teams out there, they can continue to maybe play in those facilities that they've been playing in. Again, I've said it multiple times, it's not about finding the best plan. It's about finding the least terrible plan because none of these plans are great. The situation stinks. And it's about finding the one that makes some sense and gets a, gets baseball back being played uh, as soon as possible in the most safe way possible. And that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, so I'm having Chris Marion on this week. And 
I wanted to have Chris on. I wanted to have somebody from the Timber Rattlers, and, and clearly I'm going to bring on uh, Chris because he's a friend and he comes on the podcast uh, fairly often during the season. I want to talk about Chris and his, with his background. I mean, he's been with the Timber Rattlers for a long time. He's a staple uh, of that organization, and he's a super, super talented broadcaster, great guy. But I also wanted to have him on because, and this is the case for any minor league team across the country, but the Timber Rattlers are a Brewers affiliate in the Brewers' backyard. So I'm going to take the opportunity to uh, kind of highlight some things that they've got going on. Minor league baseball teams, there's a lot going on right now when it comes to minor league baseball teams. Uh, first off, just from a business operation, this is a tough time. You know, Major League Baseball is going to be fine. You could miss this entire season. There might be some tough choices, some, and I'm not trying to discount people losing their jobs, people being furloughed, things like some bad things can happen. It's going to be fine. Major League Baseball is going to be fine. All teams will be back playing, yada, yada, yada. That might not be the case with minor league baseball, and I'm not saying that specifically about the Timber Rattlers. I think they're going to be fine, but I'm talking about the industry as a whole. If you miss this entire season, and there actually there was a report this past week, and I kind of believe it. Minor league baseball later came out and refuted the report. The report was that uh, agents have basically been told recently that there's going to be no minor league baseball season. That you know games on backfields and spring training sites and so forth that might happen to continue the development process, but the actual minor league baseball season is not going to happen. Again, minor league baseball very quickly came out and said that report is incorrect. You gotta say that report is incorrect before you announce it. I tend to believe it because Major League Baseball can survive playing games without fans in the stands because they've got TV money coming in. Minor League Baseball doesn't have that. Minor League Baseball can't survive. Uh, there, there's no like motivation really to go play games without fans in the stands. So Minor League Baseball is in a tough place right now. And the Timber Rattlers, I think they're going to be fine. I don't know the insides of, uh, of what's going on inside that organization, but it's, it's very well run from, from what I know. Uh, but they are doing some things to try to create a little extra revenue during this tough time. So I, just, I wanted to bring Chris on and talk a little bit about that. That's going to be a lot of the beginning of our interview, uh, with just some of the things that they're doing. Uh, if you are somebody that hasn't lost job, has extra disposable income, uh, maybe lives in the Fox Valley, whatever it might be, maybe possibly you can take the Timber Rattlers up on some of these uh, offers that they've got going on. So I wanted to focus in on that and also uh, get into some other things with Chris as well. So with that, let's go ahead and bring in the voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. He is Chris Maring. Love having this guy uh, on the podcast, and he joins us right now. Hey, Chris, appreciate you uh, taking some time. How are you? I'm doing good, Matt. Doing well. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it should I should be in. Uh, we're recording this right now, and I should be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, doing a game against the Tin Caps. But. Uh, <laughs> Reality is kind of hitting hard, and uh, we're just trying to make the best we can. Yeah, so I want to get into that a little bit because I mean, you've been with the Timber Rattlers uh, broadcasting their game since 2000. You've been there a, a really long time. You're a baseball guy through and through. The calendar says you should be broadcasting baseball right now. How tough is it, and, and what is, what's kind of the emotional aspect of not broadcasting baseball right now and not having baseball around? Well, it's it's more of a, a schedule thing than a feeling thing. I mean, you know, it, you feel like you need to be at the ballpark, but there's nothing to do. 
But I'll, I'll give you an example. We're, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. I got up this morning at, at five o'clock because, you know, my, my clock is saying, hey, you have a day game. It's Sunday in May. You, you need to get up and get going and get your game notes done and get to the ballpark and get all your things done. But, you know, and then you just can't get back to sleep because you're thinking about where you should be and, you know, all the guys that you should be seeing on the field and, you know, how, how deep you should be into the season. Here we are almost a month in to what has actually been a pretty decent weather wise. Yeah. I mean, it's been cold a couple of times, but I think we would have gotten most of our games in except for like one or two rainouts. But, uh, you know, it's actually been a pretty decent spring, but it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a waiting game and it's, there's no sense in complaining about it right now because, um, you know, you kind of said before we, we started recording here, there's a lot of people that have it a lot worse off than, than a minor league baseball announcer that's uh, still, you know, working every day. Yeah, so what does that look for? First off, from a, you're like me being at the ballpark, you're, you're around people, and it's, it, your, your social aspect of your life is, is kind of based in the, ball, in the ballpark during baseball season. Do you, as an organization, not just you, but uh, is there still a lot of communication, a lot of talk going on from, from various people inside of the Timber Idlers right now? Oh, definitely. Um, we get a, you know, Rob Zerjev is a team president. He sends out a, uh, a like an email that kind of gives the news digest and what everybody should be working on on, on Sunday night, Monday morning. Last Monday, we actually had a, a, a Teams meeting, a video meeting where everybody just kind of got caught up. And, you know, the, the, the marketing people are still working on stuff for social media. I'm still working on a, a history project that I put off for the last 15 years. And it's I'm a little bit more involved, but uh, looking through 25 years of games, uh, but I'm that's what that's what I'm working on right now. And plus, our food and beverage department is just really hitting it out of the ballpark right now with uh, with a bunch of food specials and um, trying to get some some income coming in that way. So there's always releases to write. There's always news out there. And the communication um, between everybody on staff is is still, you know, like we're like we're seeing each other every day. Okay, so get into you know just being able to go through the history of the organization the way you're doing. How much fun has that been? Have you been able to to find things that you didn't know or, or see things that you'd forgotten about but are pretty cool? Like just going through the history of this organization. How much have you been able to uh, enjoy that? Oh, it's a, it's a blast. Uh, sometimes it's a little difficult tracking down some box scores from certain places in the league where there was a late game on a Saturday and then it didn't show up in time for the, for the post-crescent paper on, on the Sunday morning edition. But, uh, it's just, it just you, you, for me, it's seeing a bunch of names that I haven't thought about in a long time. Like for example, um, you know, there's, there was a pitcher from Creighton that was with the Timber Adlers back in 2004. His name was Tom Oldham. He was a left-hander. He didn't go very far on the Mariners organization, but he was a great kid. And I always enjoyed watching him pitch. He was a good pitcher at this level. And, you know, that kind of brings back some memories. And then, you know, we've got an anniversary coming up on the 14th of Omar Garcia's uh, catch that was the top play on SportsCenter for about a week. Uh, and, and that just brought back a lot of memories. And then you've got you know, you, you see Monte Harrison had a big game. You put that out there on Twitter and he retweets it. You you see some guys that made their major league debuts and they say something about it. Uh, 
and and it's just it's it's kind of it's fun like going back and taking a look at a lot of things and plus um now that i'm going back and seeing this the box scores i can actually make sense of what's in my scorebook too so that (laughs) that helps a lot and I know every day on Twitter, and people can follow you at C Marion C M E H R I N G. You've been doing the uh, this date in Timber Rattlers history, and it goes al- along with that. It, it's I as I look at some of these and see some of the names, it's really cool. It's uh, somebody listening to this doesn't have to be all in on the Timber Rattlers, just Brewers fans. There's a lot of names out there that are going to be recognizable. So what you've been able to do on Twitter has been fun to be able to see. Yeah, that's uh, that's just it, it's it's a it's a project that I've had in the back of my mind, like I said, for a long time. And you know, I I was kind of working on it a little bit this winter, but I took some time off. And then, you know, you get into getting ready for the season, you don't think you're going to have time to do any of it. But now that now that there's actual time, I'm I'm trying to do it as well as I can and uh, include a, a bunch of videos and pictures and some things that people maybe haven't seen or some box scores. I mean, just look back to the 1996 box score every day and you'll see David Arias's name in there and you'll realize, oh, wait, that's David Ortiz. So, uh, and a lot of other, there's, there's some other, you know, we'll be coming up on uh, some guys from the bees teams that you were on, like Mike Musakis will be in there and, and some other stuff, uh, uh, some pretty good players on those beast teams in Burlington that you did. And then there's other players like you, you see Yadier Molina's name pop up in a Peoria Chiefs box score, Albert Pujols in a, in a Chiefs box score. And, and just so many names that just keep coming back and, and reminding you of, of some pretty, some pretty fun times in the Midwest league. I was there for the golden age of, of, uh, of Burlington bees baseball with back-to-back trips to the uh, Midwest league championship series. Yep. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the the meals that you guys are doing this is really cool, and you're you're doing just uh, meals for for folks to that they can come and get. You got a special Mother's Day uh, deal. Can you talk for especially for people who are in the Fox Valley? Uh, this is something cool that somebody can both support the baseball team, but also get some pretty good food all at the same time. Oh, definitely. I mean, we we were going to have uh, an Easter brunch on Easter. We've done an Easter brunch every Sunday, Easter Sunday for the last several years, ever since we put in that uh, that second level upstairs. Um, and it's it's been very well received. And it's one of those things where, you know, minor league baseball has decided to, to give teams Easter Sunday off. So that kind of leaves us with a chance to make some revenue. Well, this year we had to cancel our Easter brunch and our food and beverage department came up with an idea. Well, Hey, why don't we just do, uh, people can order the brunches, pick them up and take them home and cook them. And the response for it was overwhelming. And we said, well, can we keep doing it? We decided to bring in uh, ballpark dinners last Tuesday, where it was a uh, burger, brats, hot dog, um, you know, potato salad, some other ballpark fixings, and then some grab bags. And those sold out uh, almost in, in about in two days. And so um, we, were going, we were going to do a Mother's Day brunch, too. And we said, well, can we do this? And so, well, we decided, sure, we'll do that. And uh, the Mother's Day brunch coming up is uh, people can order through the Timber Alley's website. Uh, it's... Uh, Cranberry orange chicken, uh, amber ale, tenderloin beef tips with mashed potatoes, mixed vegetables, minerals, pastries, and dessert. Uh, it feeds four people. 
Um, you can just order the meal or you can order uh, a red or a white wine as well. Uh, and the, you pick it, you order it now through the website. You pick it up on May 8th or 9th. The, uh, the heating instructions and the serving instructions are included with the, with the package when you pick it up. And all you have to do is just order by May 7th, pick it up on the 8th or 9th, and then you cook it for mom on Mother's Day. And it's really simple, and it's something that we're, uh, we're really happy to do. And we're going to do another ballpark dinner coming up uh, later on um, in another couple of days. And then our food and beverage people have some other ideas for some, for some other uh, uh, food packages and food uh, ideas that, that people can just pick up at the ballpark and and take home and cook until this is all over and we can open up the ballpark and welcome people in. Minor league baseball is so steeped in creativity and marketing and promotions and all that sort of stuff. Is it fun for you seeing the things that everybody's coming up with to try to still do something during this period of time where you can't open up the ballpark and can't have baseball? Oh, definitely. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, some, some teams, a lot of teams are doing food. Um, you know, we're trying to come up, I mean, it, it's a tough time for minor league baseball, but we are coming up with some ideas for, I haven't seen what other teams have done, but I I know there's a lot of creativity and some big minds out there in in minor league baseball that are doing some things like that and, and like what we're doing. So, um, it, it, just seeing all of the ideas pop in from just our staff trying, Hey, can we try this? Hey, how can we put a sponsor on this and help them out? How can we, you know, how can we get the word out on this? Um, you know, we were one thing that we started with minor league baseball is the, the uh, minor league, or we didn't start it, but minor league baseball did. And we joined it. It's the uh, community first campaign. Um, we're in partnership with feeding America. People can go to a website with minor league baseball, um, donate uh, to uh, feeding America in the timber rattler's name. And when that donation goes in, we'll donate a couple of tickets to some local, uh, essential workers that are keeping their communities going during the, 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 the current situation. So, I mean, we're big with feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. We've done a lot of things with them in the off season and, and during the season and raising charity, but, um, this is a great way to get everybody involved and, and help out, um, you know, with with Feeding America and uh, minor league baseball. Something the team has always done, but is pushing a little bit more right now because of uh, the current state of affair is the the membership certificates or the, the shares in the club. And it's a it's a community owned uh, franchise, kind of the you know a lot of people kind of compare it to the way the Green Bay Packers are. Can you talk a little bit about these membership shares that people can get and why it's so important for the team, especially in the period of time they're going through right now? Well, uh, the Timber Rattlers parent club or parent organization is the Appleton Baseball Club Incorporated. Uh, we have a volunteer board of directors uh, that kind of oversee the operations. And then Rob Sprjeff takes a look at the, the day-to-day operations of the team and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a membership uh, is a non-stock, not-for-profit corporation. Um, we run the organization. Uh, all money raised goes toward business operations and stadium improvements. Um, and uh, what it is, is uh, you get, uh, it, it's $50 um, 
It's available on the website. Um, there's a $25 renewal fee, re- renewal fee each year for each share that you purchase. And then you get to uh, come to the annual meeting uh, that we have in, uh, in February and uh, get to vote, maybe be on the board, uh, or just kind of get to be part of the team and support us. And I will say that um, we, did, we, we haven't really pushed this in the past, um, but we thought that this would be a great opportunity and a great situation to do that. So um, we have picked up over 400 new members since we started this drive. Um, we get new questions and new shareholders every every day or every other day. And uh, it's just been overwhelming how, how much the response has been to this. And I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of new faces for the, uh, for the annual meeting next year. Does that help you kind of see, and I know you know it because you're, you're one of the faces of the team because you're, you're out there and you're the broadcaster and people, people listen. And I know you hear from, uh, from listeners and, and fans all the time, but does a situation like this help you even more see the importance that the timber rattlers play inside of the community? I, uh, I, you know, the, 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 the notes on our Facebook page about people talking about how they miss baseball and they want to see baseball back and how they want the timber rattlers to play. And some of them supporting us through, uh, you know, we, our, our, our social media team has done like a worksheet Wednesday for the kids to kind of do a little something to, for their school exercises on Wednesday. Cause they're not coming out. Um, you know, we're still pushing reading club and, very uh, various other things but the response from our fans it's not just in appleton it's been statewide and and to you know to a certain extent a, a lot larger than that from from people that are interested uh in following the timber rattlers that maybe have lived in northeastern wisconsin and moved away or just brewer fans from around the country that want to support uh their the the midwest league affiliate you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, talk about somebody who's part of the Mariners because the team was affiliated with the Mariners prior to the Brewers organization. How much, when that switch was made and, and now the team's been uh, with the Brewers for quite some time, how much, I don't know if transform is the right word, but how much did that really kind of give some momentum to the club that really they've been able to continue on because it's such a, a perfect marriage, a perfect relationship between the two sides? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, the, we went from an attendance that was hovering uh, around 200,000, under 200,000, to over 250,000 our first year in 2009. Um, we are right around 230, 220 every year. Um, you know, there's some years where it looks like we're going to be great, and then we'll get a bunch of thunderstorms in July and August to kind of knock down some stuff. But, you know, we've been very fortunate. We've had uh, great crowds, great relationship with the Brewers. We've had, you know, a lot of guys that have been on the playoff teams the last couple of years have come through, like Corbin Burns and Keston Hira and, you know, and uh, and Orlando Arcia and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of other guys that I'm, I know I'm going to get grief for leaving out. But um, that's that's the one thing people can point to is they can just say, hey, this uh, – this guy stayed in Appleton. I wonder where these new guy or some future brewers are going to be. So let's go up and check out uh, the, this team up at neuroscience group field. Due to the regional proximity, a lot of players who are rehabbing 
come to the Timber Rattlers. And uh, again, it, a lot of it has to do with geographic proximity, but if the team did not take care of those guys and if the Brewers were not comfortable with sending players there, they absolutely would not be sending players there. So it's more than just uh, the geographic aspect of it. From a from an organizational standpoint, how much do you guys value that relationship and then how it goes even further with current members of the Brewers are going to be with the Timber Rattlers multiple times pretty much every single year? Oh, we uh, we definitely value the relationship with the Brewers. Um, we we know it's it's very important to us, and it's very important to them. Um, we do what we can. I mean, we got Ryan Braun in here a couple of years ago, and that was that was a big weekend. Him and Jim Jonathan VR were in. Um, Carlos Gomez was in several times back in the uh, early part of the the last decade, and those were some big crowds. I mean. Um, people just kind of turn out for brewer rehabs. Um, obviously, you don't want those guys coming down every uh, every month or so because you want them in the major league lineup. But if if the schedule works out, the weather works out, and uh, it, it helps the, the brewers, we're open to them sending whoever they want for a rehab to to Appleton, and they know that they're going to be taken care of both. Uh, in the, in the clubhouse uh, by our clubhouse manager, by uh, Jeff Paxson, our athletic trainer, and by the front office. And uh, I, I don't think I've heard a, a negative word from anybody on the Brewers on any of the, on a, any of the rehab assignments that have come through the area. This might be a weird question, and the answer might just be no, because from, a, from an organizational standpoint, there's so many steps between the Brewers and, and the Timber Rattlers. But is there... With the team being as good as they've been, the back-to-back playoff seasons, the uh, playoff contention up until at least the last day for three seasons in a row, just kind of the, the excitement and the buzz from an organizational, from Major League standpoint, do you feel like that trickles down into what's going on with the Timber Rattlers? I think it does. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing is um, the, the Brewers making their playoff runs the last couple of years have obviously come after our season has been done. But that, that does build on to the next year. Like, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, people are just excited for baseball in the state of Wisconsin, and they're excited about Brewers baseball, and they want to come out and support uh, the Timber Rattlers, I think, because we're part of that family. And, um, you know, just being part of it helps quite a bit. And, you know, obviously we're, we're not, we've had guys that are on those teams, um, but we're not having guys that, you know, were on those teams coming back down to play for us for any amount of time, but, but still all being part of the same family makes, makes a huge difference, I think. A couple of years ago, and I know you've done this before, you see, as mentioned, Timber Rattler season is over. You've come up and, and helped out with the public relations staff uh, during the postseason. How much have you been able to enjoy doing that, uh, being able to be part of Major League Postseason Baseball? Uh, I, had a, I had a blast back in 2018. Um, you know, I got to help out uh, Mike Vassallo and Ken Spindler and uh, and uh, Matt Stein and all of the people over there in the media relations department, even though it was just running copies to, you know, the various broadcast booths or the, the, um, the transcripts from the post game press conferences. Um, but just getting, getting down there and seeing those games and, and feeling the energy in Miller park was, was really exciting. And I was all set to come back and help out in 2019 until the, 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 what happened in Washington happened, but yeah. uh, you know, I, it's it's an honor for them to ask me to 
come down and help out and I'll always volunteer. And as long as they keep making the playoffs and keep wanting to have me back, I will be happy to just come down and do what I can uh, to, to spend uh, time at Miller Park and enjoy some postseason baseball. Do you ever reflect kind of on where you're at? Are you, you've got such roots with the Timber Rattlers. You're, you're a Wisconsin guy through and through. Your, your story and where you're at, it's, it's pretty cool, and there's a lot of people out there who would love to be where you're at. Do you, do you ever take a step back and kind of look at your path to where you're at right now? Well, um, I think I, I said this to people before when they've asked me this, and it's basically I'm, I have the job I've wanted since I was eight years old. So, I mean, this this is what I've wanted to do. Um, it's, a, it's a terrific organization. I know um, in talking with some guys who've been in AAA, they can't believe that um, I have a full-time job doing this at this level, um, you know, being able to do what I'm doing and, uh, work year round for the baseball team and not have to go out and pick up, uh, you know, another job during the off season or go broadcast for a different part of the country. Uh, So, uh, it's, it's really special, uh, to be able to work in the state of Wisconsin doing this, uh, and just to be able to, to watch future brewers make their way through the system and, and then watch them at the major league level. So yeah, every once in a while, I kind of think it's kind of cool. Um, usually at times like this, not necessarily when I'm on the middle of a 12 game road trip and I'm sweating, I'm sweating so much in, in the uh, press box at Beloit that I've got like seven <laughs> fans going in there and it's just, it's like a sauna. It's broadcasting from a sauna, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this right now for, for just about anything else. Beloit, notwithstanding, uh, and and we're hopeful that they'll maybe get that new ballpark that they've been talking about for years and years and years. It looked like there was a lot of momentum towards that, and then everything going on right now. I know that's uh, they're, they, they're at least pumping the brakes on it for the time being. But the Midwest League is really a league that's grown. And you look at some of these. You mentioned earlier you'd be in Fort Wayne today. That's a that that's a major league ballpark, except with. 10,000 seats or 13,000 seats, however many it is, instead of 30,000. And uh, there's been other new ballparks that have been built. Have you enjoyed through your time just watching the evolution of the Midwest League? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, even when they added Lake County and Bowling Green, those were kind of neat. I I really like going to those places. Um, You know, the... uh, Battle Creek moving to Great Lakes, uh, new ballpark uh, in Cedar Rapids, uh, the renovations in Burlington and Clinton, um, the renovations in Quad Cities, uh, just uh, all of the, the the new the new feel in South Bend, uh, King County's renovations. I mean, every ballpark in the league except for Beloit, and hopefully that's coming soon, has had a major renovation within the last you know ten years and. Um, just seeing those guys and seeing all the players come through. I mean, um, I'm working, I'm working ahead a little bit on my, this date in baseball history project, but Johnny Cueto threw like a five inning, no hitter in the rain against the Timber Rattlers back in 2006. And I'm thinking about that game and seeing him come through date and Joey Votto come through date and, and, and just all of the, all of the great players and, that necess- you know, that played against the Timber Rattlers. Um, that's fun. And, um, you know, just seeing where everything has gone from when I first joined in 2000 to where everything is now, um, it's it's been a great ride, and 
it, it's hopefully going to continue on to the future uh, for the Midwest League. Just a couple more things for you before I let you go. You're being very gracious with your time. Um, again, I'm not trying to be have a downer here, but there's there's been a lot of rumblings out there about minor league baseball first off whether or not there even would be a season this year and if they if they could play without fans if that's even feasible at the minor league level where you don't have tv stuff the way it is at the major league level and then from a bigger perspective uh the possible minor league reorganization which every list that we've seen does not include the timber rattlers but there are some midwest league teams that might either not exist or or look very different is it is it tough for you to, and you said earlier you can't really worry about things you can't control, and that, that's, that's a lot easier said than done. Is it tough for you as there's all these things swirling around about minor league baseball to not spend much time thinking about it? Yeah, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of have tunnel vision on, on my stuff, and I mean, like you said, I can't control what what happens. I, I I hope everybody makes it through, and I hope everything gets solved, and we are, actually do have baseball at some point. Uh, in the near future, um, but like I said, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't wave a magic wand and all of a sudden say we're going to start the season on this date. Um, that's something that has to come down from somebody else. And the best thing we can do is be prepared for when the season actually does start. Um, I, I think one of the things that I, I might have told you, Matt, and I think I've told every other broadcaster is uh, when we're sitting through a rain delay or when it's raining at noon. Um, hey, get your game notes done, prepare to play, because if you're not prepared to play, that's when we're going to have the double header. And if you're prepared, then, well, you're ready. And even if they do call it. So um, let's just let's just get through this and, and see what happens on the other side. All right, last thing for you. The Timber Rattlers over the last few years have gotten very creative with some jerseys. We saw the Wisconsin Utter Tuggers. We saw the uh, the Brat uniforms. They they create buzz. I, I know the Utter. I have an Utter Tugger, Utter Tugger shirt that I bought at uh, the On Deck event uh, this past year. Of everything that you guys have done from a creative uh, team renaming, team jersey standpoint, do you have a personal favorite? Well, um, from the financial standpoint, it's definitely the utter tuggers because that went, uh, that was so far over what we expected it to be. Um, but I, I can tell you right now that I am wearing the Las Cascabeles jersey that we wore for the uh, Copa de la Diversion last year. Um, and we, we've, we've got some jerseys planned for this year. Hopefully we'll be able to get going with it. But uh, I really like the, the Cascabeles jerseys from last of course, the Bratz jersey, because with a last name like Marin, you need to have the, the German heritage in there, too. I uh, encourage everybody to uh, follow Chris on Twitter, see the uh, the This Day in Tiberatal History that he puts out on a daily basis, basis uh, at C. Marin. Chris, uh, this is kind of a, a throw, not a throwaway question, but just sort of a is, is there anything I want? I want to see you guys accomplish everything possible and have as many good things happen during this period. Is there anything else that you guys have going on right now that I have uh, not asked about that you'd like people to know about? Um, no, just uh, just keep uh, keep checking timberadlers dot com for all of the latest uh, food and beverage uh, options that we're going to have. Uh, the the membership links is up is up there. So is the uh, MILB Community First uh, link for the donations for Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. So uh, just 
keep uh, keep safe, be well, and uh, we'll have baseball at some point. Yeah, I hope that we're having one of these conversations that's more standard and talking about players and all that sort of stuff. I, I look forward to one of those conversations in the future. But in the t- meantime, thank you for doing this, and I uh, look forward to having you on again real soon. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. Chris Marion joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. We appreciate Chris taking some time. And again, uh, especially if you're in uh, the Fox Valley, if you're able to uh, take advantage of some of the things that they've got going on with the meals or uh, you don't have to be in the Fox Valley to become a uh, a shareholder in the Timber Rattlers and uh, get to do something pretty cool. That's neat that so many people have uh, taken advantage of that here uh, recently. So my thanks to uh, Chris for joining us. Our Brewers Classics are going to uh, continue as long as there is not baseball being played. Every Wednesday night on WTMJ, we go back and we run a classic game. And uh, coming up this Wednesday evening, we are going to go back to 2006, specifically Mother's Day in 2006 when Bill Hall hit the walk-off home run against the Mets with his mother sitting in the stands. You'll be able to hear the broadcast coming up this Wednesday night, and I'll help you join us for us uh, beginning at 6 o'clock WTMJ. Also streaming at WTMJ.com with the uh, with the note that you do have to be in the WTMJ listening area for uh, the game to come through on the stream. Major League Baseball controls streaming rights of archive games and everything, so we're able to uh, stream it to people that are geographically in the WTMJ listening area. If you're not, we don't have much that we could do. We'd love to be able to stream it for you, but uh, that's out of our hands. But for folks in the area, make sure to uh, listen to that coming up at this Wednesday night. Once again, my thanks to uh, Chris Marine for uh, joining us here on the podcast. Have a great week. Hopefully uh, this time next week we maybe have a little bit more information on when baseball might be able to return now that we're into the month of May and some things are about to get started. The UFC, NASCAR, things like that are getting started real soon. You hope that leads uh, to possibly some sort of plan starting to take shape on what it could look like when baseball does return. We'll talk to you next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.